There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value. And so can you. Welcome to the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you are looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper and welcome to the Business Elevation Show uh, for another week and uh, another fantastic guest. So I'm really excited about today's show. We're going to be talking to John Blasky about making the case for face-to-face communication. Uh, and uh, before I introduce you to John, uh, I'd like to say an enormous thank you to my guest last week. I had an absolutely brilliant time interviewing uh, Libby Wagner, Steve Morris, and Owen O'Sullivan. Um, if you've not listened to that interview on the artistry of engagement, do go and listen. Um, an amazing um, group of people. Uh, Libby is a tremendous poet as well as a leadership expert. Stephen has a tremendous marketing agency. He's the artist. And Owen has... Um, played um, and collaborated with Steven Spielberg. He's been, uh, music has been in Steven Spielberg movies uh, with um, R- uh, Russell Crowe, Nigel Kennedy, the violinist, um, the Chieftains, uh, you name it. And, and so we heard some music last week from Owen and also some poetry, and we talked about the circle of artistry, and it was a great, great show. So do go and have a listen to that. Um, we're going to talk about, um, obviously, about face-to-face uh, communication. Um, I just want to share something that happened to me uh, this week as well. I've written a little blog post, which um, we put on the website, which was um, really inspired by um, a couple of guests that I had on recently, uh, Jane Hansom and also um, the incredible Carlin Pipes. Um, Jane is the World Ironman champion, as well as having a marketing agency, and uh, Carlin is... Um, a 214 times uh, world swimmer. So incredible, uh, incredible sort of pedigree there. And I um, was inspired because uh, I've started doing a lot of exercise and running and I got into swimming because of Carlin again. And she gave me some tips on my technique. And I also um, decided this week um, I was going to run pretty much every day or do something, swim or whatever. And Wednesday, I just didn't feel like it. And then I thought about an article that I'd read about Jane Hansom. And in it, uh, she was asked, you know, um, do you ever feel like you can't be bothered to exercise? And she said, a response was no, can't afford that attitude. And she exercises seven days a week. There's a reason why she's a world champion. Um, But that really inspired me to get going because I think when it comes to engagement uh, and communicating and communicating face-to-face, actually, if you're full of energy and uh, good health, that's only going to help your sort of situation. So let's talk about uh, Mr. Blasky, about John Blasky and about face-to-face communication. You know, John says that we've got to stop hiding behind our screens. And I think that's uh, something we could probably all relate to. You know, it's so easy, isn't it, to be trying to communicate with potential prospects online when actually picking up the phone, but particularly going and seeing them face-to-face and having those amazing conversations together uh, can really make the difference. Now, now John is an expert at helping clients literally generate hundreds of millions of pounds of new perspective business from face-to-face marketing. And he really is able to persuade his audience to stop hiding behind their screens and to really, really engage with those prospects. Engaging with our fellow human beings is far more you know, important for long-term business relationships and online methods. So, though, of course, you know, things like Skype connections and Zoom and all these sorts of uh, ways of communicating today are, you know, are, um, are great when distance is really 
been important. Now, John's worked with global multinationals. Um, he's worked with national trade organizations, not-for-profit, lots of SMEs. He's worked with government trade organizations in China, Dubai, Hong Kong, Indonesia, Italy, Korea, Latvia, Thailand. It goes on. He's worked with global multinationals such as AstraZeneca, EDF, Mitsubishi, um, trade organizations like uh, what I remember, the SMMT, the Society of Motor Manufacturers and Traders from my motor industry days. Um, he's the founder of the Exhibiting Agency. That's exhibitingagency.co.uk. And he's also um, a budding actor uh, as well, which uh, he didn't mention in his bio, but I'm going to ask, ask him a little bit about it anyway because I think it's fascinating and I think it can only help you when it comes to face-to-face -face communication. So huge welcome to my guest today, John Blasky. Hi, Chris. How are you? <laughs> I'm really good, thanks. How are you? Well, I, I'm fine. I think you did a great job. I don't know, know that I can add anything to that now. <laughs> <laughs> Should we, shall we end it here? <laughs> You've got it all. You got it all. I didn't, I, didn't know, I, I didn't know that was where my life had gone, but uh, wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> well, yeah, you're welcome. It's, uh, it's amazing, isn't it? Um, the experience that so many people like you have generated, and we all we all generate as we as we kind of move through this world and make a contribution. And you're you're based up in um, the north of England, is that right? Is that's right. I live in a, a little village called Lim, quite near Manchester. And if anybody's listening, I support Manchester United. But I come originally from a, a steel city called Sheffield, and that's where my business began uh, in in 1970. Well, in the 1970s, a lot of the listeners probably weren't born then. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I um, actually came from a steel town as well. I came from Scunthorpe, and my dad works oh. in the Scunthorpe Steelworks, so we've got something in common. Not too far away. Either. We've never done this one before, Chris. <laughs> Haven't have we? Yeah. So I, I, I thought, um, do you find when you get back over that area, you start saying things like you know, love and bath and that sort of thing? You have to. You have to. Otherwise, you don't speak their language. I don't <laughs> suppose anybody listening will understand what I'm talking about. But never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to do this in in, uh, in in proper BBC English, though. You do, you do. You've got a real BBC English um, accent. Where did that come from? I don't know. I think uh, yeah, went to a good school. I enjoy um, presenting. I enjoy um, teaching, coaching, and all that stuff. And uh, uh, you know, I just love the language. And I suppose that's really behind what I do. I think. We've forgotten how to actually say hello to somebody we don't know. And do we want to meet new people? And what value can we bring to them? And what value can they bring to our organization? It's about value. And I'm a great, I'm very old fashioned. I believe that there's nothing like face to face for, you know, growing a business and growing a relationship. Do you think, John, you know, you really, you know, you really face to face is something that you really Obviously, you do get you've got about real expertise in it, and I certainly found that when I was being brought up from Scunthorpe and you being brought up in Sheffield, these are you know northern towns in the United Kingdom. When I went south and went to London, I was surprised at how how unapproachable people seem to be compared to the north, and I just wonder if uh, you know if you've seen that difference really yourself. Very much so. Very much so. I think people in the South seem to have their heads down. I think they're so intent on getting from A to B, which is a, a struggle in, in an, a, a dense conurbation. And maybe up in the North, we've still got a bit more time to uh, interact. Um, and, and actually, if I may take it to the show floor of a trade show, 
Um, it, it's incredible to me how I've walked many, many shows and waited for people to say hello. I've actually gone on to their space and I've still had to say, is, is anybody here? And my background is in, in retail, in stores, because my father had a load of shops um, and he was selling wallpaper and paint in Yorkshire where the coal mines were and where everybody got dirty. And you, you had to speak to people. You wanted to speak to people because they were part of your community. And wherever the shops were, um, this was central to the community. And I, I believe if you translate that into trade shows, conferences, congresses, you are part of a community. And people have come to hear what you're showcasing, to see what you are telling them, what, what's new. And you've every right to say hello to them. And, and actually, I think most of the time they're waiting to be approached. But it's incredible how all over the world I've been um, walking show floors and waiting for someone just to say hello or good morning or bonjour or whatever it is. So do, do, you think, do you think here that um, there might be one or two people in the south who are surprised that they can actually learn something from people in the north? Ah, they never admit it. <laughs> they never admit it. What the North does today, the South does tomorrow. Now I'm not referring to the, uh, you know, the American North and South. I wouldn't dare. No, we're not talking about the United Kingdom. We're here. <laughs> okay. So, what was life like growing up for you then in, in Sheffield? Well, it, oddly, I was brought up with a silver spoon in my mouth. Um, I'm not one of these rags to riches. I'm more riches to rags. But I did enjoy. Um, working in my father's business, he, he, he made me feel that I should learn about how a community exists and, and what happens. And the interaction you get over a counter in, in, in shops has uh, actually led to my approach to trade shows. What we're really doing is bringing a little old-fashioned retail um, co community communication to uh, a sophisticated business environment. You know, the, in the past, there was always the bazaar, the forum, the agora, the marketplace, where everything took place. And that's what a trade show should be. And, and it should be a performance place as well. I, I, I had a, the marvelous privilege of, of being in Barnsley in Yorkshire. And on a Wednesday, you went down to Barnsley Market and you saw people literally performing their products. Mm. And it was a joy to watch. Um, a dying art now, but that's my view of what a, a, a successful trade show should be. It should be a whole load of little performances. That's really, really interesting. I should have said in the introduction, really, the reason why you know, you're here, John, and why we're having this conversation is that uh, you know, we, we connected. I had a, a trade show that I was involved in, and you gave me some, uh, you know, some tremendous guidance on, on how to you know, do that. And I think what you did is you kind of brought me into that world to realize uh, and be aware that it is a performance, and uh, you need to, you know, you need to learn how to stand out and how to do it well. You certainly do. I think people very often react and buy a space at a trade show, and they haven't connected it to their business plan. So, is it just a reactive, let's have a go at this, or is it a strategy? And I think there are three things we need to remember when we're. Um, considering doing some live marketing, face-to-face -face marketing. Obviously, the stand, the experience, whatever you want to call it, the showcase, that's one S. Uh, the staff, the people you put on it, absolutely crucial. Who do you put on? Is it your own reps or is it performers? 
um, or which of your own people can perform. It's not always the obvious ones. But the bit that gets forgotten nearly all the time is the strategy. Have we got a plan? Are we working out why we're going to this event, this conference, this congress, this trade show, before we actually think of how we're going to do it? And my experience is that most people say, well, we did this on the stand last year. Let's move the espresso machine and, and, and put a, a, a bar in here. But there's no rhyme or reason. Nobody's actually worked out the strategy. It becomes about uh, you know a personal a personal opinion, um, or what they think looks better, or what have you. Now I just wanted to move us back a bit because uh, we're going to talk about trade shows, and I know that that's a good you know a large piece of of what you do and where your contribution lies with people. But um, you know where you help is a little bit broader than that, isn't it? Do you want do you want to define to us you know what face to face marketing actually is, and maybe what the the components of it are, uh, and maybe then a little bit about how you help. Yeah, um, everybody seems to be inured with social media and the internet and websites and electronic media and the actual business of ultimately meeting somebody face to face who is going to possibly represent an important part of your business's growth has been forgotten and it's been buried in all the technology that's come up over the last 20 years. So my view about live face-to-face -face marketing is who do we need to meet? What do we need to say to them? And what do we need to know? And those are my three marketing uh, strap lines, if you like. Who do we want to meet? Now, very often, a company should start there, and they don't by saying, okay, which sector is important? Which division of that sector? Which entity within the sector do we, and who do we actually want to meet? And what's the best way to meet them? Um, it may be a trade show, it may be a conference, it may be having a really good relationship and sponsoring um, that relationship with a trade or professional body. Uh, the, the odd thing about me is I don't exhibit. Uh, I've, I've generated my work by talking to trade and professional bodies and their members, um, many of whom want to exhibit or do exhibit or, or want to do face-to-face -face marketing. But face-to-face -face marketing is ultimately about building, initiating and developing relationships. And you've got to know who you want to do that with. Does that answer your question, Chris? Have I... Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think what was really helpful there, because we got straight into talking about, about shows, was you, know, you just made the point there that you don't exhibit and... You know, you helped me. We were already, we were already, we we were only exhibiting because uh, somebody had uh, had a show stand and said, "Would you please come and join me?" and uh, and I gave them some uh, speaker coaching because they wanted to speak. We were speaking at this conference and uh, let us have some space. So we thought, well, let's let's give it a go. Let's uh, experience this and see what we can we can get from it. But I think uh, it's it's great to be thinking about actually what you know what is your you know strat. Who do you need to meet? What do you need to say to them? Um, what do they need to know? Are great questions because you, you're absolutely right. It might be that exhibiting and having your stand might be the, the right strategy. The face-to-face -face perhaps could come from going and visiting a show and walking around other people's stands perhaps. Indeed. Ab absolutely. A great point. And um, I know we're coming up to a break so, shortly. And what I'm going to tell you after the break is about the exhibition, the trade show that we exhibited at, because we actually have a manufacturing company uh, making display panels 
um, notice boards, office screens. And years and years ago, we made a lot of exhibition panels. And we attended a trade show as an exhibitor so that we could sell our display panels to, to salespeople who wanted to promote better. And actually, there was a rail strike at this particular trade show, and no visitors came. So how are we going to make that pay? What are we going to do to actually meet people face-to-face -face and, and mitigate those dreadful circumstances? And we did it. Um, and we ended up with a contract that came down the line, but from a contact we'd made at a show with no visitors. And that contract was ultimately worth um, nearly a couple of million dollars. It was about 1.4 million pounds in those days. I'm talking in the early 80s. And that was at a show with, with no visitors. So, you know, it's, it's all possible. Face-to-face -face is the most powerful way of growing your organization when it's done properly. Mm. So when it's done properly. We've got, about, we've got about a minute till we go to commercial break uh, now. Um, so I'm just really interested, actually, John. You, you're a bit of an actor. You need not mention this in your bio. Um, you, but if you, if you Google you, you see you in all sorts of costumes. And Do, do you need to – is our acting skills helpful for face-to-face? -face? Well, they are. They are. In fact, um, I have a, um, a, a great ploy when companies ask me, well, how are we going to engage – with the hundreds, thousands sometimes, of passers-by. And I say, well, we're going to use actors, we're going to use performers, we're use, going, to, going to use presenters who can learn the questions to ask passers-by and who can perform those and with great energy and withstand rejection for about eight hours a day. Now, you tell me, is there anybody in your company who can do that? And usually there isn't. So part of the success that we deliver when we're optimizing and measuring people's live marketing performance is we use performers. Brilliant. Well, on that, um, that note, we shall um, delay the performance now for just a, about a minute and a half, two minutes uh, to go to commercial break. But we'll be back again after the break. Do join us. Lots and lots of uh, inspiration, thoughts, contents, ideas, lessons to come from um, conversation with John Blasky. So do join us again very shortly. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one -one mentoring and coaching facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, it's Chris Cooper. I'm with John Blasky. We're talking about face-to-face. And John, I've got to ask you, you did mention before the break mm-hmm. that uh, you'd, you'd managed to generate... You know, over a million pounds of order from an exhibition when nobody actually came. Uh, do you want to explain to people how you actually did it? Yes, I, I'm dying to do that. So picture the scene, um, uh, an, a, a well-known exhibition hall in London. Um, the exhibition uh, had about 150 exhibitors, no visitors, and the exhibition was aimed at helping salespeople improve their performance and helping companies to to grow. So this was, as I say, in the 80s, the 1980s, that is. And um, when we knew that there were going to be no visitors, well, where else do you turn? Uh, The interesting thing is you turn to your fellow exhibitors and you see what they're doing. So I made it my business to go around all the other stands. Remember, we were selling office screens and panels and things like that in those days. And we found a government department that was... uh, exhibiting they were exhibiting their office space and their office furniture and it turned out that they were about to refit um, about a thousand uh, unemployment centers and they needed panels for these unemployment centers or employment centers looking at it more positively one thing led to another we opened a a dialogue we initiated a relationship with somebody there and uh, about six months later we started making special panels for these uh, job centers all over the country. And that, that contract ended up by being about 1.4 million pounds in those days, a lot of money. And, and I always tell that story because it was a, at a trade show with no visitors. So you can and you should remember all your other exhibitors. Could they be partners? Could they be uh, providers? Um, it, it goes every which way. I think it's very interesting that because, you know, as you know, we... You, you helped me at an event, which really wasn't the right place for us to be. It was uh, more of a self-development than a business event. Um, however, interestingly, the you know the value from that, even though we we, we set ourselves this amazing target in terms of number of lead forms we we're going to complete and things like that, and conversations we we're going to have, the reality was when nobody's actually walking past your stand because you're in a backwater, uh, <laughs> you've, you've got to work very hard to. Um, and we probably had less, we probably didn't have as many people as the um, the target we set on on forms to fill out walk past the stand. So uh, what what we found is that actually I think it may be that that event will will more than cover itself from relationships we stand we establish with other stand owners and uh, a tremendous meeting this week with somebody uh, on you know which was uh, which wasn't a visitor. So you're right. But does that raise the question then, John? That 
maybe in the first place we might be better off sometimes actually just walking around the events and not actually exhibiting at all. Yes, you can do that. And sometimes uh, you can also be a damn nuisance to exhibitors um, because one of the things we tell exhibitors is um, to beware of people coming to trying to sell to you. If I was advising companies who can't afford to exhibit, I would certainly say, well, why don't you go and familiarize yourself with the trade show, the exhibition, the conference first, and then see if you're going to exhibit next year. And there's a, if you're honest, if there's a fine line there. But if you're honest and you say, look, as I always do, I'm not here to buy from you today. That's if you're a visitor. Um, I'm, I'm just sussing the show or whatever. That's fine. People will talk to you. And very often they'll say, look, I, I don't want to talk to you here and now. But here's my card. Give me a ring and let's discuss something. And, and that is interaction. That is face to face. And it's real. And you couldn't do that. On, on, the, on the web, on, on the internet. So when we're in the first half, you mentioned three questions that companies need to ask. Um, maybe, maybe you could just sort of expand upon those a little bit more and just to start to think about then from those questions, how does that help you derive the strategy in terms of what's the right face-to-face -face program for you? Okay, that's, that's, the, nub, that's the, the hot question. So marketing, in my view, is all about who do you want to speak to, what do, you, your, what do you want to say to them, what is your message, and what do you need to know about them, and apart from what do they need to know about you. And when you're designing your business plan and the execution of it, um, you will probably have a PR strategy, a web strategy, a, a social media strategy, and you should have a live marketing or face-to-face -face marketing strategy. And that requires you to say, okay, I need to talk to um, manufacturers of labware. So you might then decide to connect with an association, a professional body, to which labware manufacturers belong. And you might decide to go to their conference or sponsor part of it or offer a presentation at it. Now that is face-to-face -face marketing. It's live marketing. It's not necessarily a traditional trade show. So what you need to do is first isolate who your targets are. Um, and I think in your case, Chris, when you went to that exhibition uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, maybe there were not enough of your target market. You were reactively buying that space. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, but you may have to adjust your story. And I do find a lot of exhibitors who unfortunately have been sold uh, maybe the wrong show. And... You, you do the best you can, you optimize it, you measure it, uh, and then you question whether, in fact, um, there are better shows to go to. And it starts with, who do you want to speak to? The next thing is, what is the message you want to put over? And again, many people just decide that they want to make a message, make a message, a statement. We always give people this advice, turn it into a question. It's no good saying we're the biggest, we're the best, um, we have the best property in Dubai. It's about, would you like to be in the best property in Dubai? Would you like to be sitting in the best seats in, uh, in, in Thailand or whatever it is? So the, a big tip there is decide what your key message is and then turn it into a question. Uh, and that leads on to the third bit. What do you want to know? Very often people miss the opportunity to use a live marketing event, a congress, a conference, a trade show, to ask questions. Real-time market intelligence, wonderful opportunity to create a feedback form. We do it for all our clients 
and the amount of information they get back about the state of their marketplace, the sector, who they're buying, who the visitor is buying from at the moment, how much they buy. And people are very happy to tick boxes. And this is where paper seems to score better than uh, technology, better than iPhones, iPads, and, and, and tablets. So those, again, are the three um, considerations. Who do you want to target? Who do you want to speak to? What is your message to those people? And what do we need to know about them? Interesting you know, thought that, that just came through my mind as you were, you were talking, is uh, you know, about getting your strategy clear up front. Um, I wonder, and I'd be interested in your opinion on this, whether a lot of people find themselves at trade shows because they picked up the phone one day and they've had a very um, engaging but also um, rather relentless salesperson from a, a conference organization who is desperately trying to sell stand space and is so skilled at it that they're able to articulate um, what they think you need to hear through a certain set of questions such that you, you know, by the end of the conversation you're convinced and you go and book some space. But what you haven't done is you haven't thought about the strategy first. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I've heard that language for probably 40 years in this business. Um, well, they will say, um, so-and-so is going and that may be a competitor of yours. Uh, and what will people think if you're not there? And and so on. And these are spurious arguments because you're reacting. You haven't actually set a strategy. And this is my stump speech. Always, what is your strategy? What is your live marketing strategy? Do you need to exhibit at all? Or could you not sponsor a presentation and have control of the presentation? Put out the feedback forms at the symposium or the seminar and you'll get just as much interest. Um, you obviously have to craft the, the, the feedback form in the right way, but that is face-to-face. -face. And by the way, it's performance. <laughs> yeah, I had, um, after this event, I had a, a sales guy call me, which is why I've made the point, and about another event. And, uh, you know, as I say, very engaging. Um, you know, towards the end of the conversation, he was very much like, you know, Chris, I just don't want you because I was saying I'm actually going to go have a look at the event and I'll have a walk around this year and decide whether it's something I want to do next year. Look, Chris, yeah. I'd hate it if you're saying to me, John, John, why didn't you get me to book some space uh, at, the, at, at this event? And then the price starts tumbling down. And, but I could just see how people get caught out by that. And you're right, you've got to get on the front foot first. Otherwise, you find yourself putting a lot of time and energy because it takes a lot of time and energy, doesn't it, to do these things yeah, well? It, it, it's place. a distraction from your normal business and you have to take that on board. It's not just the cost of the space, it's the cost of the time to plan it, it's the uh, opportunity cost of your staff who are have to be dedicated to this and so on. But I, I want to make um, a, a, a reference point here. If listeners go to my website, we offer um, 10 questions to ask the organizer before you sign up for a, a space. And you know, one of those is how many visitors are you guaranteeing who fit my profile? Now, you have to know what your profile is before you ask the questions. But there are 10 questions that we've delivered, uh, sorry, we've generated over many years' experience. And I think your, your listeners will find them useful. And, and actually, when you send them to the organizers, uh, the organizers know that you know what you're talking about because you're asking these 10 uh, very, very powerful questions. So, with, with, um, you know, we if we decided to 
go and you know have a stand at one of these events. We've uh, we thought it through. It's in terms of you know our, our strategy. We've maybe gone and sent this set of uh, set of questions to the organisers, and we've decided actually this looks like a good event. Uh, what are the things that we need to we need to consider? I mean, there's some of these conferences obviously are options to speak. Um, I find it a bit as a speaker who generally is paid for speaking, I find it um, a little bit challenging getting my head around that someone that might actually charge me for doing that. But you know, these are all the sort of considerations that we need to think about. So, you know, what, what do people need to think about to... Okay, well, the starting point is a strategy review. Um, and I do these, I conduct them by phone, by Skype, whatever, and my people do that as well. And we actually forbid thinking about the how, how should the stand look, um, what do we want to take away until we've done the why? Um, and, and that is absolutely crucial. Why are we going to this show? Um, how many, uh, what value of new business do we want? How much brand profile messaging do we want to get over? How, by how much do we want to improve uh, the recognition of our brand? What market intelligence questions do we want ask, uh, to ask and have answered? And we create a report and this is low cost, but crucial for your starting point. Now, when you've got that report and you actually know what you want to achieve, let's say it's a quarter of a million dollars worth of new business and your average customer is worth $25,000 in a year. So you need 10 new customers. How many leads have you got to bring in to start the sales processes to end with 10 new customers? That will tell you how many people you need to say hello to and how many people you need to present to in your space. And then we get into some very tricky psychology. And I have three very interesting rules here, which uh, your listeners may be interested to hear. Yeah, sure. Please share. Um, so it might sound odd, but don't have a wide open stand space that everybody can get into. We use rope and post a lot. And the psychology here is that the visitor thinks, um, why can't I go straight into that stand? And the curiosity is piqued. Um, it gives you control. So what we say is privileged access. Um, sometimes we even run a black box stand that you can't get into unless we want you in as an exhibitor. So that's number one. Don't just have an open stand that everybody can pass by and say, oh, I know what they do. Number two is under no circumstances give out leaflets and brochures, price lists, anything like that. 90% of all that gets binned. And even if it does get back to your prospect's office, when you call to follow up, typically they'll say, no, I don't need to speak to you. I've got your brochure. If I want you, I'll call you. So there's a big no-no uh, there. Um, and the, the third thing is... You know, don't just assume that your own staff will be the right people to engage with visitors. Um, use professionals. Use profe we've had, we have them all over the world. Um, use professionals to ask the initial qualifying questions and feed your stand. It's the best money you can spend. I had a client who said the best tip we gave him and the greatest saving he had was not to have his five reps on the stand for four days at a show. That was the biggest invisible cost, uh, and by saving it, we generated all the leads he needed. Um, 
there's more, but those are three absolute golden rules that uh, we heartily recommend, and they work. That's quite interesting. Having been worked in sales forces back in my my career, and uh, on a uh, with a couple of organisations, uh, one one in the motor industry and one in in the confectionery industry, I found myself on stands, and I can just just now picture the the state the conversation with the sales teams, and it goes something like. Oh gosh, I've got to stand. I've got to stand on a stand for four days next week, um, with with dread. Usually with no training, uh, and it's like it's something to endure as opposed to something with you know some very clear, measurable targets like you've articulated there in your definition around the amount of people you need to talk to and the amount of leads you need to take to be able to convert X amounts of uh, leads to be achieve your your target. Well, th- this is right. Uh, trade shows are more about marketing than sales. The sale comes later. If you like, it's the flirting. The date happens later. And therefore, you don't actually conclude sales at a trade show itself. You generate leads, and the ideal lead is to give your visitors, your prospects, a compelling reason to see you again or to see your salespeople later. And that, in my view, is what we're selling at trade shows. We have to give visitors a concrete reason to see them see you again, like let's do a range review or I have an urgent project project now, please contact me. There has to be something beyond the show that a visitor can sign up for, like a masterclass, show that you're thought leaders in your field. And then you've got a reason to see them again. It may not be the actual sale, but it is the compelling reason to, to get in touch with them face-to-face uh, and to have them in your time and space. Excellent. Well, we're going to get to commercial break again, and after the break, we'll talk uh, a bit more about uh, you know, how you measure the effectiveness of your event and you know, how you follow up on the leads from the event and those sorts of things. Um, so do join us again. We'll be back to, with you again in just a couple of minutes. If you've got any comments or thoughts on this, please feel free to send them to me at chris at chriscooper.co.uk or join us on our sort of social media pages, sign up for the newsletter uh, on the website, that sort of thing. Be back with you again in just a couple of minutes. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network.
You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with John Blasky. We're talking about uh, face-to-face and particularly talking about exhibitions, actually. And um, John, we've We've talked about um, some of the sort of things that we need to think about. And I think there's, there's a, a couple of areas that I think we really do need to discuss. And one of those is, uh, you know, what you alluded to in terms of sort of stand design and is that in terms of how do you best get your message across on the stand? I, you know, immediately when I knew I had this opportunity, my first thought wasn't towards the strategy. It's like, what on earth am I going to put on a banner? Um, I only really discovered that you could put some nice magnetic banners or sticky banners, um, posters on the, the walls that fit perfectly into the dimensions of the stand. And then you've got to think about, you know, how do you structure it? What do you say on it? Uh, any tips, thoughts, ideas that can help people on, you know, that sort of presenting their message? And, uh, and uh, yeah, that'd be yeah. the next question, really. Well, I think um, 3.31.20 is my rule here. Three seconds to say hello outside the booth. Actually, good morning. 30 seconds to qualify the visitor. Uh, what end of the industry are you from? What end of the profession are you from? What are you looking for today? What do you know about Chris Cooper or whoever? And all that happens outside the booth. Inside the booth, 120 seconds to get your message across. And here are three, <laughs> it's always three, isn't it? Here are three ideas. You have to engage, well, you've done that. You have to entertain and you have to educate. And the more that people think about the experience, here's another E, and the emotion that you deliver, the better they will remember you, your brand, and what it stands for. So it's about actually, it's not about spending hundreds of thousands of dollars or pounds on the stand. It's about delivering a, an emotional, an entertaining, an educational experience. And then you put people through that. You tell the story of why you're in business and what people like about you. And as I'm doing, I'm telling a few stories today about clients that we've had. Uh, And people remember stories because they've learned them on their mother's knees. And that's the best advice I can give you. Don't go mad with all the technology, but tell the story. Who you are, what you do, who you do it for, and what your customers say about you. And uh, we, you can put that over in all sorts of ways. We've done game shows on the stand. Um, we, we've had interviews. It doesn't have to be just graphics. Uh, again, it's performance. It's performance. How does your brand perform? If you're in a showcase, how can you stand out um, amongst your competition? So those are the best bits of advice I can give you. Make it into a show. Make your showcase into a show. People remember a show and a story. That's, that's really valuable. And if I think about the events I was at, then there was a couple of stands which it did seem to draw a lot of traffic to. And it, both of them basically had you know, uh, some, uh, a few seats in there and they were putting on a little presentation every sort of 15 minutes, 30 minutes, something like that. They were filling the seats and uh, they, were, they were sort of rotating, but they were talking on microphones and they were attracting people in. And, you know, what I noticed is that, you know, people like things to do, don't they? They like, uh, well, they do. like experiences. And, you know, yes. and actually, when I looked at one of the presentations, it looked pretty dull as dishwater, but the energy to get them there 
um, seemed to be co- you know, causing all sorts of buzz, combined with the way they were dressed, actually, which wasn't smart suits. It was quite, um, it was quite innovative, really, quite sort of funky. Well, th- those, those stands may have been mine if they were engaging a lot of people, Chris. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> um, they may have been my clients. But I, I can't stress enough, make it entertaining, make it educational, make it engaging. Because if you're talking about face-to-face, well, you have the opportunity to engage with people. And, um, you know, to, to help measure the, the effect, you, you give them a feedback form to answer a few questions and thank them. This is the, the right way to use promotional goods, uh, promotional gifts, I should say. Thank people for their time, for giving you the information, and for signing up for a future meeting. And if they don't sign up for a future meeting, well, how serious were they in the first place anyway? Uh, but, you know, the show, the story, telling the story um, will engage them. And that's the most powerful thing you can do in face-to-face marketing. Brilliant. So you, you, you do that. And one of the things you did for me, which I think was very valuable, was you helped us to design a great questionnaire. So we did like a little mini survey with people. And that's what right. was fascinating by that is if you gave the form, most people actually wanted to fill it all out. Um, even though the main thing I probably wanted was, was, was I thought some they go straight to giving you the phone number or email address, they, they did engage with it. So, you know, tell us a little bit about that. Well, I think um, in their wisdom, organizers of trade shows and conferences and congresses provide you today with scanner pens and all, all manner of digital um, data gathering uh, tools. Um, I don't regard those as leads. A lead is when somebody has taken the trouble to answer your questions. They've actually ticked a box that says, please ring me, I'd like to speak to you about. Um, And if they don't fill that in, they're not serious. But simply putting somebody's business card in your pocket, if you're on the boom, or uh, scanning somebody's badge because they have to get so many numbers for some sort of oddball target, is not a lead. And, And it's not, by the way, the initiation of a new relationship. It is simply a waste of time, uh, both yours and the visitors. So take the, um, the trouble to create this questionnaire. Put all the questionnaires at the end in a, in a drawer and, and let somebody have a prize as a result. But that information is all you have left at the end of a trade show, the data. The stand comes down, the people disappear, all you have left is the data. And if your data is good, your company grows. One thing I think was was very interesting about the experience with you is actually breaking it down in terms of the, the amount of conversations we needed to have. So, you know, we only had a, a you know a limited amount of time necessarily to speak to any one person. Um, so I think what I sort of took from that, uh, the reality was it was a little bit different because we didn't have the volume of people, but um, the I think the thing I kind of took away from that, though, on a busy event, that sometimes you've maybe got to be prepared to speak to two or three people at the same time, but also yeah. not engage in lots and lots of long conversations, and you know, and particularly not long conversations with the people on the stands either side who are wanting someone to chat to. No, this is absolutely right. Um, you know, it just doesn't work out. The numbers don't work out if you want to have um, a 20-minute conversation one-to-one. It, it can't give you the numbers you need to generate the leads to validate going to the show. 
But if you can get your message down to 120 seconds, as I mentioned before, if you can't sell your proposition in 120 seconds, then you can't sell it. And if you can sell it in an exciting, emotional, storytelling way to three or four people at once, up go your numbers. And if they then, those who are interested, fill out the feedback form and you thank them for it and you enter them into a drawer, you give them something as a result, as a reward, then you've got a system, you've got a process, you've got an engine for new business. And, and that's the way we advise our clients. Um, does, does, that, uh, does that answer that question? I think so. Um, absolutely. So, do um, there's a little little statement that I picked up in talking to you that I liked, and I, we may have we may have covered it, John. And um, I just like the words of it. You talked about building a bridge from the booth to your business. Yes, just thank just you. Explain what you meant. So, there are two bridges. The first one is from your business plan to your booth. When you're creating a face-to-face -face strategy, let it serve your business plan. If your business plan requires um, 100 or 50 or 500 new clients next year, then you pick your live marketing strategy, you build a bridge from your business plan to the boom. Now that's bridge one. Then when you're on the boom, you want the right people in your booth and you want them to come to another event following the trade show. And that is building the booth, <laughs> building the bridge from your booth to your new business. All visitors to your trade show stand an option or three options actually for them to sign up to as the next potential meeting, the compelling reason to see you again. And that is what I call building bridges from your booth to your business and from your business plan to your booth. I hope that's explained it. It certainly has. And do, do you recommend to people that they, <clears throat> it comes down to strategy again, but. Uh, What's your thoughts on, on speaking at these events when you have a show stand? Yes, whenever you can, um, speak, but don't sell. Speak as thought leaders. Show people why they should be dealing with your brand, why they should be listening to your story. Very often the speaker slot, the content slot, will drive more people to your booth because they know what you're talking about. But if you make it an overt sales pitch, um, you'll be spotted for what you are. Um, I recommend that pretty well everybody in this business is a thought leader in their niche. And you need to promote yourselves as thought leaders to professional bodies, to the uh, trade show organizers, to the trade press, um, and, and online, of course. But be a thought leader in your niche and use that thought leadership to present it as a show and use the show presentations to develop your thought leadership. I think um, there's a you know point important point here. I mean, where John can very much you know really helps you with this uh, this whole aspect of of um, your sort of strategy around the show. You know, if if you want um, help around, uh, you've got this opportunity to speak at an event, and you're thinking, gosh, are my speaking skills up to it? And um, because I the reason I was there is I helped uh, coach uh, a, a lady to uh, to speak for the first time at a conference. A lady called Sarah Naylor. And so as a great recruitment uh, consultant with a great recruitment business, but actually going and standing and speaking at one of these events was um, was a bit out of a out of a comfort zone. So what we did is we I worked with her, helped her think about what she wanted to put across, um, helped to look at her slides, um, helped her with the sort of style and the delivery of the presentation and the approach. And I was absolutely delighted at that event that she got the feedback from 
one of her uh, many people who came to see her speak to say it was actually the best speech and the most engaging speech that they'd um, they'd seen all day. And, and actually, um, out of that thinking, we decided for Sarah that her you know her kind of line was being sort of the job job the dream job coach because she was was coaching in that area that came out of the thinking and there just happened to be in the audience the dream job blogger who wrote the most amazing blog about her and has taken her on as a client so um, it was a real kind of success from that but like John helped me with the stand having somebody to help you with the speech as well uh, I would really really recommend because uh, some of those speeches were actually uh, Dulles Dishwater and they were the people who hadn't uh, really given that speech the full attention that it d- they deserved. But people like Sarah, who'd taken that time to have someone help them, really stood out and, uh, again, benefit from it. So I just consider that, really. Um, John, I'd like to just um, ask you, have got just a couple of minutes now until I need to wrap up the interview. Um, do you have any final messages that you'd like to leave us with? Uh, yeah, I tell you what, I think I haven't said it. It sounds all very earnest and sincere, and, and it is. And it is, you have to be very professional. But it's fun. You're actually um, living your business. You're living and performing your showcase about your business. And if you're passionate about your business, if you own the business or work for a business that you actually enjoy working for, then what a marvelous opportunity to perform it, to perform its unique benefits, to, to present the values that only you can offer and, and deliver it in, as I said, an entertaining, engaging and educational way. Um, I love trade shows. Um, I love it. I love it when my my clients go off to Dubai and they have a closed-in stand and they come away using our methodology with over 900 leads for a $25,000 copier machine. Uh, They've come away with an enormous value of new business and and have fun doing it because you're actually performing. So we call this high-performance exhibiting. Fantastic. I think that's very true. I would just add a caveat that, that, to that, though, John. I think if you don't do the, the diligence that you've suggested, oh yes, but you're not clear about your strategy, you haven't got that clear, and you haven't got your, you know, haven't got the approach quite right, and you're not feeling confident with the stand and with what you're presenting, and and you haven't got the audience there, perhaps because you haven't done the diligence on that, or you did like I did, and absolutely an opportunity, not quite so fun then. No. Uh, but this is showbiz. This is commercial showbiz. You've got to write it, rehearse it, perform it, and enjoy it. Fantastic. Well, that's a, a brilliant way to end the show, John. Thank you very much. I hope you've enjoyed uh, being on the show today. I certainly have. Um, I've really enjoyed talking with John, and I've enjoyed all my exchanges with him. So if you're you know, really thinking about an exhibition um, or, or thinking about getting into that as a strategy or you're doing it and it's not going quite as well as you, you might hope, I'd get in touch with John at the exhibitingagency.co.uk and get him to help you. As he's mentioned, he's got a sort of a process that he helps you go through, which is not expensive, um, but will generate a great return for you. And I'm sure the, you know, the other services that he offers um, will be really valuable too. And he can connect you with people to, to help you uh, bring people onto their stand and make it a real success. So uh, John's a good guy and I've been in this sector for, what, 40 years, John? Yes, He knows what he's doing. And they've been odd years. (laughs) (laughs) So on next week's show, um, we have um, a a, a new guest for you. And this is a a really interesting conversation, this one. I think um, I wanted to do a show which was about how could you really contribute 
in your local community. So it doesn't matter where your community is around the world, because we people listen to this show in over 50 countries. Um, and and therefore, I, I've got a pick, chosen somebody who's really well known in my local area. She's called Jo Talak. She's the general manager of the biggest um, shopping centre. It's called High Cross in Leicester. Has something like 170 staff. And uh, it's a really key part of the um, the city so she and she's involved in all sorts of different activities and is a real ambassador for Leicester so we're going to talk to her about her strategies for really connecting uh, locally so we can all go out there and make a bigger contribution so I look forward to speaking to you again and I hope you have a wonderful week We thank you for listening to the Business Elevation Show. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more.